Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Loading Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Hi, everyone. I'm Erica. Welcome to the show. Tonight we have a great show for you. I'm going to be talking with Broadway actor and singer James Snyder. James originated the title role of Wade Crybaby, um, Wade Crybaby Walker, that's like a tongue twister there, in Broadway's Crybaby, and has appeared in several other productions, including the City Center Encore's production of Fanny, and the lead roles of Billy Bigelow in Carousel and Drew in Rock of Ages. In addition to theater, he's appeared in several films, including She's the Man, and TV guest roles in Rizzoli and Isles, Blue Buds, Blood, CSI, and Cold Case. He currently stars opposite Adina Menzel as Josh in If Then on Broadway. James, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here. You have a lot of tongue twisters in the title. I know, Wade Crybaby Walker. I'm like, Cold Case and Blue Blood. <laughs> Blue Blood. Yeah. yeah. I just shot a good Wade wife. Wade Crybaby Walker, ago, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. you did? Oh, very cool. Yeah. How was that? It's pretty, it was amazing. Nothing like being, uh, I was actually, it was the day before the blizzard was supposed to come in the sort of the blizzard that wasn't. And I was out in hunting, well, a fake hunting blind in a park in Queens, Forest Park in Queens, uh, and at Forest Hills, I think, uh, with Oliver Platt, Kristen Moransky, and Gary Cole, all just sitting there as the snow is, is just coming down. And so oh, wow. it was crazy. Yeah, the union even had to call at like 3.30. They were like, okay, shooting has to be done by 3.30. So, so it was like, all right, quick. And we just shot, 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 and just cranked out like – the scene it was it was nuts it was like all of a sudden everyone kicked it into high gear and it was like speedy TV. yeah no it was yeah. like it was ominous like i remember because i was still at the office around 3 30 and looking out the window and it was like ominous looking it's uh-huh. like we were going to get a big storm around then but um and that's so when is uh what what did you play what role did you play in the good life uh did i was playing like? uh my character was essentially the mark zuckerberg of uh austin texas so sort of, okay. uh, 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 I don't want to give away too many spoilers, but uh, a, a fairly rich dude on a, on a and a very Republican guy um, out sort of on a big hunting retreat with a bunch of sort of right-wing mucky mucks, very wealthy one percenters. So, so yeah. you've done, you know, as I was talking about in your intro, you've done film, you've done TV, you've done theater. What's, do you have a favorite? Like what's your, what's your ideal um, <laughs> venue? I mean, yes. uh, I, I, everyone asked that, you know, right for me right mm-hmm. now, theater, the plays, the thing, as they say, it's been, it's been so great to be in back in New York and, and working on if then, and I'm working with the most amazing people I've, I've like the most talented and kind and grounded people I've ever worked with uh, right now. And so it, it's, it really does feel like so much like a family and, uh, 
that's rewarding. And then you get applause and people enjoy the show. <laughs> people really like the show. And so that's, that's also it's a great a show. reward as opposed to when you go film, like you're there and you film and there's like 40 crew members and extras and, you know, whomever just staring at you and you kind of talk quietly and hopefully don't screw up too much. And then you leave. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so TV is a little bit uh, more of, it's a slightly different piece, but um, yeah, for me though, I would love to be able to balance all of it um, and, and do a little bit of everything. I'll say I, I, I uh, even though I've had a bunch of guest stars and done you know, movies and stuff, it, it's a muscle that I, that I really enjoy flexing because there's, there's a certain amount of, it's a different type of truth you have to tell t- uh, on a screen than on a stage. So. What do you mean by that? Um. I'll say like the, the acting is, is so much, you kind of can't hide from a camera what you're thinking on a stage. Mm. You know, we're, we're seeing a much larger picture. We're hearing it in a different way. And there's so much of the story is just told through, through pictures and in, in TV and film and close-ups. And you just, you, you just can't hide in, in any way. So it's much more of a being conversation than a doing conversation. I mean, if you want to get down to the acting of it, I think all intentions are there and you need to know who you are and what you want and why you're saying what you're saying. But, um, so much of, of, of TV and film feels like much more of a, uh, not the doing part of that. Like you have to know it, but the second you step on the gas a little too much, we can see that, that, that pushing. And, uh, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's just, it's just different. And I, I wish I had mastered both. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where the career goes. And, and I, I look forward to working hard on, on, on both, uh, screen. Now you're originally from California. How long have you been living in New York city? Um, I've been living in New York City this time around. Well, I, I grew up in Sacramento. Um, mm-hmm. Went to Christian Brothers High once. School. <laughs> oh, I went whitewater I, rafting in Sacramento. Yeah, it's so much fun. Oh, yay! So yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The just the I mean, the, there's so many rivers and and it's such a great place to just grow up. It's quiet and I had a great education. I went to Christian Brothers High School, and then from there I went to study theater at the University of Southern California. Uh, in Los Angeles and great school, an amazing school and a fantastic theater program that really fostered just like, just, I got so much stage time and just got to fail miserably so many times. Um, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> just, I get to try my hand at a, at a lot of different stuff uh, between the films, the, the student films that were going on and, and the plays that I was able to do, it was, it was, it was a very safe and very nurturing environment. And then I stuck around. I, uh, by my senior year, had an agent and was auditioning and was testing for pilots and stuff. And it, it was great. And, and so I really lucked out by the fact that I had already secured a lot of those first steps into the rest of the business um, before I even graduated. And, uh, and then, yeah, right out of college, I just started auditioning and was doing tending bar in the mornings and then working, 
uh, and then doing plays in little 99 seat theaters everywhere I could all over town. Um, yeah. So uh, one of those actually happened to be this tiny musical called snow S N E A U X. Um, and that director went on to do with Kristen Bell, mind you, before Veronica Mars was ever, Actually, she had just filmed Veronica Mars right before we started the project. And she's like, yeah, I did this pilot. I hope it gets picked up. And and then... Uh, oh, how funny. Yeah. So, I mean, a tiny 99-seat theater doing a play for like $8 a night. Uh, and that director went on to direct She's a Man. And that kind of got my foot in the door. And then Amanda Bynes and I hit it off. And next thing I know, I'm I'm 23 and I'm I'm shooting a big, fancy movie in Vancouver. So... I've been really lucky. Uh, and then, let's see, just to continue that step forward, uh, I did yeah, Rock please. of Ages, the musical. Well, I did Rock of Ages, the musical. And then I love in Los Rock Angeles, of Ages. before it ever came, it was Chris Hardwick, me, Laura Bell Bundy, and like amazing people, uh, but LA folk, a lot of LA folk. And uh-huh. uh, what actually booked me Crybaby, and the reason I moved to New York the first time was I was doing a workshop of Crybaby and of um, uh, uh, doing a workshop of Rock of Ages. And then John, that happened to be the, the week that John Waters was in town. And so when you say workshop, like, well, can you explain what that is? So yeah, workshop uh, before anyone invests millions and millions of dollars into a show, someone puts up a few thousand um, or tens of thousands to, to do like a little like mini production of, of, of a show either in a rehearsal space or in a little theater and, and they invite people from the business to say like, Hey, this is the project. This is our vision. This is what we want to do. And also the writers get to hear what works, what doesn't work. So they get to continue working on it. And so at new world stages uh, with Nicolette Hart and uh, gosh, well, Kyle Gass was doing it also um, the other half of Tenacious D is Jack Black and Kyle Gass, which is awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, so, so we did basically like a little mini staged version of Rock of Ages, uh, not with full costumes, no sets really. And, but just the script and the music and, and the acting and and the the story that we had to tell. And, uh, the producers from Crybaby came and saw that while in the midst of, I think I auditioned six, I had six callbacks or something crazy for, for Crybaby. And, uh, and they happened and they were like, Oh, this guy, this guy can handle a show. Uh, mm-hmm. because I, I hadn't, I hadn't done anything in New York at that point. I'd auditioned for a few yeah. things that, that didn't work out. And, uh, so I booked that when did he out of town, uh, try out in La Jolla at the La Jolla playhouse and then came back in 2008 and, did Crybaby on Broadway at the Marriott Marquis Theater. What was that like? Like your first night on Broadway, you know, starring uh, in the production. It was amazing. It was, yeah. there were so many changes, you know, the, the, the musical was just had a really hard time finding its place and its momentum and its voice. And unfortunately, like I'm the title character. So for me, it was, I was focused on the changes to lyrics and really I was exhausted. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire Mm -hmm. life. It was stressful. Yes. Carrying this musical that, that wasn't doing great, that had, 
I'm not the world's greatest dancer and had so much Rob Ashford choreography. And I mean, it was, it really was spectacular. And uh, the tessitura was really high, uh, meaning like all of my songs were rock and roll really high. And, and so for me, I was living like a monk, just commuting from my place at 69th and Riverside down to the theater. I'd finish, I'd go home. I'd like study my changes for the next day. And then, so really by the time we opened, I was just sort of in survival mode in a sense. Um, but I'm grateful. I mean, it was like, it was like this strange balance of, of just complete and utter fear. because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I did, I'd never done it before. And, and you just, I, I didn't, I, is this right? What am I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing the best I can. And, uh, and really just feeling great. Like this is such an opportunity and such a huge step in my career and in my life. And so just the endless amounts of gratitude and, and just the complete and utter panic I'll say is sort of like what that experience really summed up is for me. So how did you like in learning from that, when you went into if then, how did you go into if then differently than, you know, than going into Crybaby. Well, I, you know, I, I after Crybaby, I moved back to Los Angeles, and and mm-hmm. this was right when the economy crashed and the writers' strike, and so I stepped back into a climate of of I'd been out of the TV game and the film game for a year, year and a half, basically, and LA is it had changed. It's crazy because all of a sudden I found myself at auditions next to Jerry O'Connell or somebody like that, where I'm like, they should just offer it to this guy. Cause he's already famous. Like why I, mm-hmm. this is, and why is this guy doing TV? It's crazy. Like, um, and that, that was the beginning really of a lot of movie people doing TV, but it, it was also just, it became a, a, a bigger struggle for sort of the, the little guy, the working actor, um, in, in Los Angeles, at least for me. And I was still trying to find my place and, and so uh, it, it it took me a little bit to, to find my way back to to the East Coast until I realized, like, oh, like, I think New York is the place I need to be. And so I, I found some new agents, and, and I was like, all right, we need to get back to New York. How do we do that? And they're like, well, just keep getting on airplanes. And so it was a process of me flying out to audition for – for American Idiot and come in second. Uh, Book of Mormons, audition for that and come in like, oh, you were in the mix, you definitely, you know, and not get that. Or hair mm-hmm. or, yeah, and it was How just How do you handle constant. rejection? How did you uh, really handle it? I think eventually you just realize, like, it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. I have a friend who's a, who's a TV and film producer, and he always talks about, he's like, auditioning and, and he was on he's been on the other side and he's like it's crazy because these people come in and it's like it's like they ask if you're the if you're the producer or the director and you're like okay i'm thinking of a number between one and 20 and then the person goes seven <laughs> seven yeah exactly and he's like ah wasn't not wasn't quite the number but then sure enough you know someone gets then the next guy comes in and he's like and the numbers, let's say the number is 11. And he goes, and the next guy says, it's 11. 
And he goes, ah, you are correct. However, you didn't say 11 quite right. We wanted it. Or, he, oh, I think he used colors. He was like, I'm thinking of a color. What's my favorite color? And they go, green. I oh, know it's not green. Next guy comes in and says, blue. And he's like, yes, but that's not the right shade of blue. So you have the right color, but just it's not the right shade. And so you realize, like, it, I can only bring me to this project. There is, mm-hmm. there is a certain skill set, you know, and there are these brilliant actors that are chameleons that can create these, these things. And, but I only have, Oh God, I almost said so many shades of James, <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous <laughs> given, given some movies that have come out lately. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, You're not referring you know, to the, James. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would love to say, Oh my gosh, I am, I can make myself anybody, but, uh, but That's for that authenticity, yeah. yeah, just for 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 bringing me to it and and my personal life and experience, like that's what I bring to an audition, and and that's either the the you're either the guy or you're not, I guess, in so many ways. I mean, I I think I've yeah, it's kind of like date. It's like the same with dating, you know. It's like the yeah. same philosophy. <laughs> yeah, completely. You know, and I've had feedback where they're like. You were fantastic. You were probably the best actor. There's not me tooting my own horn. They were like, you were the best actor, but this other guy had this thing. And it was like, mm-hmm. or the best thing, you know, like they're like, you, for all intents and purposes, like nailed it. You nailed it. But this other guy had this thing, you know? And it's like, there you go. So you can either choose to be like, oh my God, oh, they don't want me, or. No, like you wait until that role comes along that is the right thing. And for me, like in my life, to segue this into, I, I ended up booking Carousel at the Goodspeed Opera House. Um, and Great it show. was in in my life. It was it was the it was the right show at the right time for my soul for the story I was telling in my own life. Um, mm-hmm. And and so. And it was the it's the best work I've ever done. I'm telling you, it was just like it was crazy. Uh, just a great direct Robert Gero, the director, Michael Flaherty, the 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 MD. It was just an amazing experience. And the producer David Stone, uh, who's who produced Wicked and who is really the driving force behind If Then, happened to go see the show and was like, "You need to come and you need to audition for for this show, If Then." and so it really, even though I was in a small town in Connecticut, you know, when he saw me do that and he was like, oh, that's the guy. And that's why you can't take it personally because you just, you never know. And it's just this weird, the universe just says, okay, this is, this is the time in your life that you you get the opportunity to learn and do whatever's going on in, in this time. And so... And I totally so, believe in that too. I'm definitely so. prescribed to the whole universe and and fate yeah. and things happen the way they're supposed to. Um, yeah, I mean, I think really in, see that in hindsight, but mm-hmm. in in Carousel, he sings, you know, mm-hmm. my boy Bill, you know, and all that. I like my wife was pregnant at at the time while I'm singing. I wonder what else think of me. I guess call me the old man. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. I was like, I am going to have a baby. Like, I know exactly what this guy's going through. And then I get the material for If Then, and there's a song called Hey Kid, and I'm sitting next to my three-week-old, 
or listening to the song Hey Kid for the first time, just weeping. And, and so I went in, and of course, I go into this audition, and I'm, I just had a baby. And, and so I was like, this is, this is, you guys wrote this for me. I don't know how you knew, but mm-hmm. and I'd known Brian and Tom for, forever. Yeah, it was one of those, I finished, and I looked at Brian and Tom, and I'd known them, I've known Brian since 2003, through the guys who ended up producing Rock of Ages, that I helped Brian pitch a film way back, like in 2003. And then those producers went on to produce Rock of Ages. Um, it's such a small world. And, and then, and I looked at Brian and, and Tom and I was like, you guys nailed it. I was like, I, this, I just lived this and this is it. And this is amazing. And, and I, it was one of those times where I was like, I, this is not me saying like, I have to do this. I'm saying like, I don't care if I do this. I'm just so glad someone is doing this. Yeah, and and singing these words, and luckily it was me. But you know, just sometimes you read material. I felt the same way about Book of Mormon. You know, I Trey Parker, Matt Stone. I was in there, and I was like, you guys. I was like, this is some. This is something that has a lot to say. You know, and I didn't even realize the extent of the comedy that would come out of it. But, but really, just mm-hmm. in general, what it had to say about storytelling and sort of mythology or you know, religion, I guess, in a sense. Uh, and I was like, you guys, this is big. You know, I was like, I hope, I hope it does as well as I hope it, it's going to like, I just, I know it's going to be big. You know? And and I said to them, I don't care if I'm a part of it. And I guess they took my word on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> which I think worked out just fine. Again, like I look at like, imagine if I'd done book of Mormon or something, you know, it's like, even if I'd gotten this dream job, like, Oh my gosh, where I'm at in my life. I'm I'm on the stage with Adina and Lashans and Chen Kalella and Anthony Graff yeah. and Michael Bryce directing yeah. me. And you know, it's just that's why that's how you deal with rejection is you just realize like is you're not being rejected, you're just getting set up for the next thing. And that thing what? might be three years away, you know. It's mm-hmm. I didn't work in LA. It's like, I finished Crybaby. I feel like I didn't work for three years. So it's like, okay, all right. You know, and you just hope you have the support and love of the people around you and, and, and have huge forgiveness for yourself too. This business is hard and it's not fun. And yet it's, it's, it can be the greatest thing you'll ever do, but it it takes, it takes a village to, (laughs) to raise an actor. (laughs) I believe it. I believe it for sure. Um, what has been, though, I mean, I, I love it then. Um, I just, it really resonated with me being a New Yorker, being like a single woman living in the city and just state and all that. And for you, what has been like the best experience being in the show? The people, hands down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. truly, How's, truly. How's what? I mean, you play, you play um, Adina Menzel's love interest, Josh. Yeah. How, uh, how has that been working with Adina? That has been amazing. From day one, I came in so intimidated. You know, Brent was the first soundtrack or first cast, original cast album I ever owned. And uh, me too, me too. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I'm like, and here I am. I'm like, I, I was blushing probably for the first two weeks, most of the time. Um, I do that though. And Jen Kalellan, I've known for a little bit and knows exactly how to get under my skin. And so always, I just did a lot, but from day one, 
I mean, Anthony is just one of the sweetest people in, in the world. And then Adina is just the, she's grounded and she's funny and she's just always her. Even when I, you watch her on the, on the Academy Awards, it's like, that's her. There's uh-huh. no pretense. There's no anything. And so it, my job was so easy because my job was to come in and fall in love with her. And, and I think it's just something that anyone who knows her just, you can't help but fall in love with her. And so. No, uh, I, I agree. She, she's phenomenal, but you're incredible as well. Um, thank you very much. Kissing, huh? Oh yeah, of course. Of course. Um, <laughs> you guys have some, <laughs> you guys have some kissing scenes and I always wonder when I'm at a show and it's live and there's, these scenes and it's like silent in the theater and is it awkward for you guys? <laughs> no. Audience, people live watching you. In those no. Moments? No. I don't, I'm not actually. I, the audience is just sort of part of the whole thing all the time. Anyway, it's like mm-hmm. it's like the the Holy Ghost or something like that, where you're like, yeah, I I know they're there always in the back of my mind and they're part of the experience. And so, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'll say like the kissing stuff. Yeah. That's not, that's not the big deal. I mean, cause we're not, it's not like, you know, it's not a stage kiss. It's a real, you know, I mean, it is a stage kiss, but it, it's not, I don't know how to answer that question, but, but <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, all, it's all part of the yeah. scene and it's our, and it's our yeah. characters and you know, it's not those, the thing that I've learned is, is to be able to draw those lines and, you know, you create boundaries and, and where everyone feels safe. And and mm-hmm. I think when you have professionals, great, boom, you leave it all on the stage, and and it's it's great. And then you hug them, you know, like I give Adina a hug, good night, and it's like cool, see you later. And that's mm-hmm. we go back to our little our little families, and so it's nice. Um, but the funny part is though with the audience because Adina is always Adina, she has a very hard time. I think not acknowledging when weird things happen on the stage. So like we during like in the middle of a scene where we're talking across a bed, like the picture fell off and it fell behind a pillow and we could have easily ignored it and just moved on. <laughs> but instead she had to dig it out from behind the pillow and look at me and make a comment on it. And then I have to make a comment back and then, you know, so there's like some going on here. And there. Yeah, <laughs> it's toe. hilarious. Oh, <laughs> always, always. You know, and what's funny is Josh is my character's job is to to ground her and to take her seriously and, and all this. And so it's sort of like I'm the one guy who really doesn't get to mess around a lot. Like I don't get to goof around at all because right, he, right. he's given his past and him being a surgeon and and just his function in her life, you know, is to be sort of that emotional love center. Um, I don't get to give around, but as much. Yeah, and I, I love that song. Yeah. You never know. I mean, it just, it cracks me up. It's so great. So witty. Um, I was yeah. listening to it earlier today while I was uh, preparing for this interview. And um, there's just so much wit in, in this play. Um, there just really is. And I was wondering, you know, I mentioned before, like, the big theme of fate. Did it change your view? Because I know when I left the theater, it made me really think about fate and what it means and, you know, is it is it chance? Is it statistics? You know, what is it? Um, did it change at all your perception of fate or, or, or make you think about it more? 
I, I think anyone who sees the show can't help, but at least it opens up even another part of that dialogue of, of, well, do we get to choose or is it chosen for us or, or, and I'll say the thing that it always brings me back around to is, is that no matter what we choose, this is our life that we're living. This is the, the one life that we're given. And I, I think she said, mm-hmm. it's like, this is, this is it. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I don't necessarily subscribe into a sort of formal version of reincarnation or anything like that at all. But like, and so I, I definitely believe like, yeah, this is, this is, this is it. So you can analyze it all you want and really, the best part is is if you bother looking back, just appreciate it because this is this is what you got, and so so you got you just I think it's also like about being able to when you move forward, you move with forward with forgiveness and you move forward with love and you move forward with courage and you move forward with passion and all of those words that you yeah. ever wanted in your life, and I think that's that's the message of this story is like you get this one life and whatever choice you make, make it with all of you in, in, and do the best that you can. And, and who knows? You may be on the reminder for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and to to hear it every day, it's, it's great. Yeah, sure, sure. It's it's ending its run, sadly, at the end of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's up next for you? Uh, I I don't think I'm allowed to say. Ooh, I don't okay. think. Oh, when when does this when does this air? Um, or, this will air uh, beginning you, April. Oh, the beginning of April. Awesome, awesome. I will be doing Ever After. In fact, then everyone listening awesome. right now. Uh, ever after would like based on the the Drew Barrymore movie like Cinderella yes. Uh, yes. at the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. Um, Christine Very Ebersol cool. ha- is 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 doing it, and thus far we have Margot Seibert, who is Adrian and Rocky, um, Charles Brown, and this is subject to change. I just want to give you guys a heads up, but it's mm-hmm. like uh, Charles Brown who plays Smokey Robinson, Tony nominee Charles Brown. Uh, Smokey Robinson in in Motown, uh, who went to USC with me. Actually, he's playing like my best friend in the show, and I've known him since 1999. So, oh wow, well that's so fun. That's great. I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah, I know you should be, and that's I I mean I love that movie. I mean, you know, think as a kid, I saw that like ten times, fifteen times. Yeah, it's great show. One, one of my wife's for sure. uh, favorite movies. And it's directed by Kathleen sure. Marshall, uh okay. who's like the amazing Kathleen Marshall. Um mm-hmm. and uh, uh Marcy and Zena. So it's uh Marcy Heisler and Zena Coleridge who uh have they are these brilliant composers that everybody knows that really are totally do a Broadway show because they are quirky and they're smart and there's just hearts and there's comedy and it's all just 
just a little skewed and and I think they're brilliant and so so I'm looking forward to working with them as well. You did a solo album back in 2008. Would you consider uh, recording another album? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of work for. Uh, it's 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 really like a. I don't know if the payoff. It, it's another case of like I put out an album and had a record deal and that's awesome and that's amazing, but it, it ended up costing a lot of money and went nowhere. Uh, even though I signed to Lionsgate records, like, and it's, it's like a whole, like the music game is all shifting also. And I was sort of caught in the middle of this big shift there too. And so, so it's, I think at some point I was like, all right, I got to choose. Like, am I going to be a rock star or am I going to do like Broadway and TV? Because you can't do, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can do both and God bless if you can. I, and well, you more did because you, you were in because uh, you were in Rock of Ages. <laughs> you were able there you to go. Exactly. <laughs> I'd rather play a rock star on stage than, exactly. than than have to deal with getting people to come to my shows, which ironically is what I do all the time when I'm doing cabarets anyway. But mm-hmm. but uh, I think if the next, I think if we do the next album, it's going to have a lot more musical theater and some legit stuff and. Well, I, I would know. love to hear it. So I'm yeah. I'm one vote for that for sure. For Great. Me. Well, um, I appreciate it. Well, maybe look out well, for a in uh, Indiegogo or a uh, what do you call that uh, fundraising thing of whatever. Oh, uh, Kickstarter. <laughs> Kickstarter. That was the yeah, 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 yeah. Well. Uh, It's almost time to go, but before we go, I have a game that's called Erica's Speed Through. We're going to have 60 Mm -hmm. seconds, and I'm going to rapid-fire some questions at you. So just as fast as you can, okay? Okay, here we go. What's playing on your iPod? Uh, uh, American Idiot. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars, although, gosh, Star Trek's (laughs) great. Favorite vacation destination? Hmm. Uh, Hawaii. L.A. or New York City? Oh, L.A. right now. It's too cold. <laughs> I know. Anthony Rapp is having you over for dinner. What do you bring? Uh, video games. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so Dream I would roll say... I'm sorry. I got 60 seconds. Let's move on. Go. <laughs> Dream roll on Broadway. Um... Uh, Billy Bigelow, Carousel. Mm. Morning person or night owl? Uh, both right now. Carb load or carb avoid? Oh, I carb of load, load, load. <laughs> How do you de-stress? Um, spend time with my son and wife. Well, finish this line from if then. You never know. Um. Uh, where your life will take you. One thing you would like to tell your 15-year-old self. Uh, you, you, whatever you want, you can have. Oh, I love it. Don't be afraid. 60 don't, seconds. Don't, don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. <laughs> don't be afraid to ask. That's great advice for a kid, for sure. What were you going to say before about um, the video game? You wanted to Anthony say something? Rapp- the, we connected like immediately, like while we were doing the out of town on on video games. He's like a huge gamer, and oh, loves really? stories. So, yeah, it's like 
if if I were but a single man, I'd probably be at his house every day. We'd just be playing video games like <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> well, but I guess I, I guess have, the Star Trek. Uh-huh. No, I, yeah, I, I have Star a Star Wars a, question because yeah, you have a little obsession. I saw on on Instagram. What's what's that know. come from? Um, I well, I'm just growing up wanting to be a Jedi my entire life. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're just uh, the the entire mythos of uh, of Star Wars and that entire universe that George Lucas created is just just so exciting and, and kind of my favorite stuff. And and then I did this show called Star Wars Trilogy in 30 minutes. Um, we do all three Star Wars movies in a half hour. Although now they've got all six and sixty. I guess they're gonna have to oh, have wow. nine and ninety pretty soon. But uh, uh, yeah, so just a wacky fun experience that that led me to a lot of places like meeting George Lucas, doing that show for George Lucas and meeting JJ Abrams and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh Very it's cool. awesome. But then I I'm, I love Star Trek too. I'm just I just I like it all. Anything that's sort of science fiction and fantasy, I need you all to. of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Firefly, all of those. Well, thanks, James. Thank you so much for being with me today. This has been so fun, and um, and our audience is really going to appreciate it as well. Yeah, I'm glad. Hi, audience. <laughs> <laughs> Find out more about James by visiting his website, jamesnyder.com, and you can also follow him on Twitter at Snyder. Thanks for tuning in to The Erica Finn Show. Follow us at the Erica Finn on Twitter for details on upcoming guests and behind-the-scenes tips. Have a good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.